Live from the Alberta Abbey, it's Portland Story Theater's special Halloween show, Spellbound. May the narrative be with you. So, um, I'm Italian. My last name, Lagonga, it's Sicilian. That's really what it is. It's ridiculous. And um, my father was Italian and a great storyteller. He was someone who loved two things a lot. He loved food and he loved stories. And in fact, my dad could get so excited about eating stuff. You know, if there was something he really loved, he would kind of like have this food bliss tantrum, you know, and he'd be like, ooh, I love it, ooh, you know, and it was just so fun. He was so happy with certain things. In fact, one of the things he loved so much was this um, stuff called gardenieri, and uh, that's Italian pickled vegetables, and these were, he didn't like fancy ones from a little Tony Deli. He liked this stuff in a jar from the middle aisle in the grocery store. It's called Mazetta. And it's like cauliflower and carrots and some red things. And <laughs> they're in like a, I don't know, like a vinegar, like a vinegar, you know, with like probably petroleum and corn syrup, something like that. <laughs> anyway, he loved it. I've, I hated it. I, I hated it for a long time. Um, anyway, my dad had so many stories, and I, I wish I could tell you them all, but other people have to tell stories tonight. Um, but one that he used to tell all the time was um, about this ghost. And he never saw the ghost, but he heard it. And he went to, he was first-generation American. His parents were from Sicily. He was born here, but he decided to go to medical school in Bologna, Italy. And he got this great apartment, very close to school, and it was right over this little kind of cafe. So he would go to classes in the day and then, you know, come home, and he'd sit outside at this little cafe, drink coffee, and He'd have these little cookies, which, of course, every time he told us the story, he'd go, oh, I loved those cookies, ooh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, and um, his apartment was fabulous. It was uh, right above the cafe, and it had big floor-to-ceiling windows that opened out, and uh, he'd get a lovely breeze. And, but, you know, the guys that he would sit with, the regulars at the cafe, they... I don't know, he would mention his apartment or, or talk about what a great deal it was, and they were always like... I don't know, they never said anything bad about it, but they were, they kinda, he kind of got a weird vibe from them, and he thought maybe it was kind of like a language thing, I don't know. But what started happening for him was he would go upstairs at night, and he would be studying, and he would hear this kind of weird breathing. And sometimes, you know, it, it was kind of faint, and it sounded, it was sounded like, <gasps> <sighs> <sighs> like the kind of breathing like when you're crying. And he would do all those things, you know, when, when we get freaked out about sounds, you know, he, he would think like, well, maybe it's the acoustics in this apartment. You know, maybe it's, my, he, would, he thought it was maybe his own breathing, bouncing around, you know. <laughs> Just all those kinds of things that we do to talk ourselves out of being scared. And one night, it was really loud. He was studying late, and he was just hearing it. 
And he, he just, you know, like he held his breath to see if it really was his breath. And of course, he kept hearing it. And so he had just, I remember him describing it. He just had, you know, of course, that sort of cold feeling over his shoulder and kind of that hair on the back of his neck. And he just thought, fuck this. I'm going downstairs to be with people. And so he went down to the cafe, and there were some guys there, and he sat and had a coffee, and he was visibly shaken. And so they were like, you know, Tom, how are you? What's up? And he said, you know what? I'm freaking out. There is something I'm hearing, some, something. It sounds like some, someone's crying. I don't know what it is. Something, I'm hearing something. And they all like go, well, that's her. And, and he's like, what do, you, what do you mean? And they said, um, well, you know, the person before you was a young woman, and she got involved with a married man. She got pregnant, and she jumped out of the window. And my dad was like, oh, great. You know, no wonder it's cheap. You know, <laughs> like, great. And um, I don't know. He, I guess he was able to coexist with her until he finished that quarter, and then he moved. Um, now, I... <laughs> Uh, have also, like my dad, well, I also love food and I love telling stories. Um, somebody said, I think it was Sam made a joke about, um, I didn't get this way by watching other people eat. That's kind of, <laughs> I think, so great. Anyway, I love food and I love stories. And while I have never seen a ghost like my dad, I have heard one. And uh, I'll tell you about that. I was, I live in Texas, and I moved to Texas to be with my wonderful boyfriend. And his family, uh, I, I grew up in Southern California, so I'm really one of those terrible California people who moved to ruin Austin. That's how they see us. And I guess a lot of us move here and are ruining Portland. <laughs> but I'm just visiting, and I'm not going to move here. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway... I was getting to know his family, and his family are Texans. These are white people. <laughs> and they, I really felt like being Italian was ethnic. You know, I felt like kind of off-white around them. And the, his mom and his aunties, they're just very, you know, they're coiffed, they're, they're very uh, fancy ladies, fancy middle-class ladies. And um, one of the things that you, that's like the worst thing possible if you're a Texas lady is to be tacky. And one of the things that they find very tacky is cussing. Um, they call it cursing there. And, you know, my family, Italians, I don't know, West Coast, whatever, fuck is like, it's like um for us, you know? <laughs> it's like embolalia. And, um, and I felt amongst his family like I, you know, I just, you know, my dad had died maybe four or five years earlier. My mother died when I was little. I just... You know, I had that kind of orphany feeling, like I wanted to be accepted, I wanted to be part of this family, but, you know, it was clear maybe they weren't buying what I was selling, and especially not his mom, Kathy. And one of the things I try... <laughs> Listen, if there's a terrifying part of this story, it's Kathy. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
She is unbelievable. Um, <laughs> feels good to say that. Uh, so, anyway, what, I don't know why this happened. It was like this weird subconscious rebellion, but I would try when I was at the family parties, I would try not to cuss. And instead, I would just say the worst things, things I would never say, you know? And I'd say them right to Kathy. I'd be like, Kathy, I was at the store and that cashier was a fucking cunt, you know? <laughs> and you know, I couldn't get it back in. And, and her response, always, so classy, she'd just say, I'm gonna get you an iced tea. And then, she would walk away and not speak to me for the rest of the night. <laughs> anyway, it was Thanksgiving was coming, and um, I was, to my surprise, great surprise, I was invited to bring something to Thanksgiving. And that seemed like this little crack in the door to let me in, you know, to be one of the Texas ladies. I was invited in, in a way. And I just, I wanted to do a good job, you know, and I wanted to bring something nice, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna bring antipasti. I'm gonna bring really delicious Italian hors d'oeuvres. And so I made stuff that I hadn't had since I was a kid. You know, Pop, my grandfather lived with us, and he would make these delicious stuffed artichokes. I made those. And I made um, this, like, cheese torte thing that was like goat cheese and I made pesto and I roasted red peppers like my dad used to, you know, where you just put them on the flame on the range and then the skin gets black and you peel them and all those, I don't know, I just had so many like cool sense memories while I was doing it and it just felt, I felt a part of my family but also, I don't know, just a little, like I said, a little orphany, you know? And uh, it was late the night before Thanksgiving. I had gotten everything ready. And I realized that I hadn't gotten this, I hadn't gotten olives. And that was always a big thing, like getting olives and hearts of palm and those, the, you know, those kinds of things. And I really wanted to bring that. So I went to HEB, which is our grocery store. Um, and late at night, the night before Thanksgiving, and it was relatively empty. And I was going, I was taking my cart, and um, I was feeling a little weird. I was feeling kind of that weird, a little bit kind of creepy feeling. And um, I go down the olive aisle, and I think I hear somebody. I, I don't know, nobody's there. And I, I'm walking a little more, and I, I'm looking at olives, and I hear, I swear to you, Maybe it was inside my head, but it felt like it was on my ears. I heard my dad say, oh, I love that. <laughs> and I looked, and there was that fucking gardenery. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I got to get it. <laughs> so I brought, uh, the next day I brought everything, and I brought you know, my beautiful hors d'oeuvres, and I was, I sort of like, I was given an incremental push, you know, into the family, like just a little bit more, and everyone loved the food, 
and no one touched the garden area, of course. <laughs> but I, ha you know, this is just cute. I, I just thought, I'm going to try it. And I took a bite, you know, and I liked it. And I, and I, I was just like, oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, so now I ate it every Thanksgiving. And that's my story. Thank you so much. <laughs>